always the apron is the hardest part of the ring, but this is the nerdiest part of the ring, your weekly news roundup for the wide world of professional wrestling. I am your host for the evening. I am the five-star man, Asa Gray, and joining me at this time is the big D, Dalton Anthony. Yo. How you doing tonight, Dalton? I'm doing pretty solid. Doing pretty solid. We, it, It's an interestingly sad week in wrestling uh, when we get to the yeah. news. So, like, it's it's weird. It's weird. Not the kind of sad news that I hate talking about, uh, because, like, nobody's died, right? Yeah, no, they're, they're, we don't have any deaths. We don't have any, like, there's just, there's bummer news. Yeah. But it's not, like, depressing news. Yeah, so, like, it's one of those where I'm, like, I'm very grateful we don't have to talk about anything like that. But, like, it's still it's kind of sucky a little bit this week. A little bit, yeah. Not the, not the best stuff. But uh, before we jump into all of that, of course, uh, I'm going to be talking about Hell in a Cell, NXT in your house. That was this past weekend. If you're noticing that we did the Hell in a Cell preview show, but we didn't do the NXT preview show last week, I'm going to let you in on a little trade secret, everybody. I completely had no idea that there was an NXT show on Saturday. It wasn't a, a conscious choice to not talk about NXT. That's just how much I've fallen off of keeping up with NXT. Like, I knew the matches that were building up to it. Like, the looking at the card, I understood that everything was happening. But because I mostly read results and just watch clips on YouTube, I was not paying attention to when the pay-per-view was. So that's on me. I apologize. But we'll talk a little bit about the show here in just a second. Then we'll go on into the news of the week. And then we got some fun stuff to talk about um, as far as with video games and action figures and all of that. So, But before we do, like we start each and every week, we're talking about the power of positivity and because there's just so much negativity out in the internet, out on social media, we want to do our part to brighten up the place a little bit and to, to talk about things that we are excited about. And mine is not very exciting, and it's only kind of tangentially related to wrestling this week. But mine goes to Dan Reichert, who it was just announced on... I believe it was Thursday, maybe Wednesday, that he is returning to Giant Bomb full-time. If you don't know, Giant Bomb is a huge video game podcast website that he was a big part of a few years ago. When he left, he joined WWE to be their podcast producer. So if you've listened to any of the like New Day, Feel the Power, Best Of, or Greatest of All Time tournaments... The producer, who was there just stirring shit constantly, <laughs> was Dan. That was Dan Reichert. Um, he is super funny. He's super entertaining. Um, and he recently left WWE, so that's why I'm kind of... And he's done indie stuff. Like, he's managed. Like, he even mentioned on his Twitch stream that, like, the last indie appearance he did, it was him managing Orange Cassidy. Oh, that's so, fun. Yeah. So I'm I'm a big fan of his, and he had some pretty interesting stories on his Twitch stream, talking about like his time at WWE, like being in a meeting at corporate, and then like through the glass wall watching the live feed of one of the the Saudi show, where the fiend lost to Goldberg, mm -hmm. and him like having to keep his cool. I'm just like, oh, okay, Goldberg beat the Fiend. That's a call. All right. Here, like, while he's in a court, like, in a meeting, having to, like, pay attention to a PowerPoint. <laughs> that, like, that was super funny. So he's he's got some cool stories. I'm very excited to hear him talk about wrestling again because he kind of pointed out that while he was there, he very much did not talk about wrestling. So uh, I'm I'm excited to that he is back at Giant Bomb. The new, the, all really, the new Giant Bomb lineup is 
also super cool. Like I'm, I'm not a huge, I would listen to like their end of year stuff and, and every once in a while I would catch a video, but, um, this new, even though I'm bummed that Jeff Gertzman is out because I always did like him. Um, but Dan coming back kind of softens that blow quite a bit. So, uh, shout out to Dan Reichert, who is just a ton of fun, super entertaining person. Dalton, who do you have for your the, this is not mine, but uh, do you know Josiah Williams? Uh, I think it's Josiah Williams. He did music for NXT for a while. I think he might yeah. still work for WWE. He did I, the, I know he did the Cameron Grimes to the yeah. moon. So, and this is only because you mentioned Dan Reichert talking about that, but Joseph, <laughs> Josiah Williams has a TikTok where he will tell random ass uh, WWE stories. And some of those are like him being quiet about his birthday and then Triple H finding out and like angrily pulling him aside and being like, hey, happy birthday, thanks for telling us. Like, things like that. <laughs> but the the one that just made me, that came to my head whenever you said that was, uh, it was an NXT and uh, Pat McAfee just started showing up to, like, do commentary and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he was like, so Pat McAfee's, like, the coolest human being ever and, like, just one of the funniest people I've ever got to be around. He was like, it was one of our first days at NXT because we started around the same time. And Finn Bauer shows up. And we both kind of shot up. He walks up to us. We shake each like we, everybody shakes each other's hands, and then he walks away. And Pat McAfee says, "Do you see that guy's chest? He hasn't had a carb in eight years." Like <laughs> it was just those. I love that. I love that TikTok just because of the random ass NXT WWE stories he will tell, which are just super behind the scenes, but also just hilarious. Uh, not my power of positivity. It just made me think about it. Uh, yeah. But check him out on TikTok because those are fun. Uh, the one that I have this week is a uh, Kid Bandit. Uh, if you're not informed on who they are, uh, they're an indie wrestler. Uh, they beat a motherfucker up with a keyblade this weekend in a match and not like one hit. They were like pulling off like four button press combos on motherfuckers and then did a dive while holding it onto him. Hands down. My favorite wrestler of all time. It used like it used to be X-Pac <laughs> kid bandit s- surpassed X-Pac and my favorite wrestler of all time ever now, uh, <laughs> strictly because of the fucking. <laughs> Just the one Keyblade spot. That was all it took. It's all it took. And here's the thing. This is the weird thing about it. Because you're talking about Kid Bandit usurping X-Pac. X-Pac going up several notches in mine for (laughs) calling out uh, Glenn Jacobs' dumbass. Again. Again. I need you to know that it's not like Kid Bandit and X-Pac's all the way down here. It's like, it's neck and neck at this point. Oh, Uh, yeah. No, I know. Now, again, if if they keep doing kingdom heart spots it's, it's, it's gonna that gap's gonna widen a little bit more <laughs> but uh yeah no it made me so happy and uh that kid bandit somebody i started following on twitter like a month or two ago uh because sadie introduced me to them and i was like oh they like i their clips are solid uh, i think i've seen a couple of their matches on youtube very good match or very good like he, the person's very well trained um and they are—they understand professional wrestling on both the wrestling aspect on it and how to be entertaining at the same time. And I just love their Twitter feed. That's probably my favorite thing uh, because it's just them being awesome. It just is always what it kind of looks like. Taking pictures with random people and like everybody's super cool with them. Uh, yeah, Kid Bandit's my uh, power of positivity this week. Uh, they were also getting a lot of shit last week, so this is a. Because it turns out transphobes are pieces of shit. Oh, yeah. Well, fuck them. And I see. Yeah, I mean, so. and again, if you're listening to uh, Nerdy's Part of the Ring and you have uh, transphobic ideologies, do me a big favor. Go fuck yourself. Um, and then my, I do have a runner-up this week. Uh, I should have started with the runner-up. But I'm going to give it to Dylan Hager uh, because 
he is uh, he is a wrestling fan, and I think he's kind of starting to become a little bit uh, more of a photographer. And he blogs his like weekly indie trips that he goes because he goes to wrestling shows all the time. And he's somebody and he does like the indie wrestling preview write ups. Yeah, on his uh, uh, he's Twitter like account. he's definitely our super fan that we have as of right now, and I love him for it. Uh, he's somebody we actually met due to Matt Cardona and Brian Myers' uh, podcast. Me, that's how me and him met. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is a super pleasant person. Long story short, I had a really weird situation where I was supposed to record a show and it didn't. Stuff fell through and the dude was from St. Louis. I asked Dylan about him and we talked for a little bit. And it's one of those that he is. Dylan has always just been a very positive person to interact with. And mm-hmm. I remember I'm, I knew him first and then I was like, no, Asa, you'll like, this guy's pretty cool. And then you met him and he's actually somebody like you make it a point when you go to St. Louis to like say hi to and talk to. And, uh, it's, it's, we like, we've said it on PWU. I think we've probably mentioned it on here, but sometimes the worst part about wrestling are the fans. Dylan is not that person. And I think that thing shit like that needs to get spotlighted every once in a while. Cause he dude's super mm-hmm. awesome. Um, yeah. so yeah, I, I guess I have two this week, uh, you had three, like you say. Well, you say Josiah Williams didn't count, but I mean, you yeah. still talked about him. So, well, it was only because it was kind of related to what you said. Yeah, and they're all relevant. It's fine. There's 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 not a limit to the amount of positivity yeah. we want to put it out was, there. So we, I mean, that's it was only funny because we talked about it. So me and Ace, we two talk about the show throughout the week, and we were making jokes, and I said, uh, I think I said Dylan was gonna be my power of positivity, and then I saw the Keyblade spot. Mm-hmm. And then you, I was, you were just like, I mean, I guess there could be multiple. And I was like, fuck it, I've done more than one before. I'll then I'll probably do it again. Like my power of positivity. <laughs> if I get on a roll, I'll keep solid. Which is funny because yeah. I did the what we hate most in wrestling last week or mm-hmm. uh, on PWU last night. So it's it's fun to come back and talk about positive things. Go back. okay, there we. Uh, no, yeah, and also Dylan is also super cool. I, try, I do try to find him. The, I can't tell you how excited... So the last two times that I went up there, just real quick, um, the first one, because anytime I go up to St. Louis for a wrestling show, I try to give myself enough time to go at look at the like Saga toys and Time Warp toys to do a little action figure hunting, because we don't have anything like that down here. So as I was walking into Saga, he was uh, he, he was like the first person I saw. So we hung out a little bit, talked about action figures, then we ended up going to Time Warp. And then the next time that I went up to St. Louis, I went to Time Warp first, and he was walking out as I was walking in. And I was <laughs> like, yes, I get very excited when I see him. Um, so yeah, so shout out to Dylan. Uh, I know you're listening to this. You're awesome. We appreciate you just so much. Yeah. And thank you. And we should go check out his, like, indie, like I said, his uh, photography. His he, It's Dylan Hager Wrestling on Facebook search that and then it's i just pulled it up and then i'm working on it is every d d hager j15 on twitter so give him yes. a follow follow him on facebook do all the things he's a cool dude love him to death super super cool dude uh yeah. so yeah there's our power of positivity see and again this is good because i did the negative thing yesterday so like <laughs> i'm hitting all the emotions you're you're cleansing you're cleansing the palate yeah um so into the reviews of the weekend, um, NXT in your house was on Saturday. I'm not going to do match by match because Dalton did not watch this show uh, because we. if you've listened to this for a while, you know Dalton's feelings of NXT 2.0. So it was, uh, but I, I ended up watching it. I enjoyed it overall. Like it was a solid show. There's nothing really to actively complain about. And there's one thing that I absolutely adored. So, um, 
but so but not going match by match like the uh, all of toxic attraction retained their titles those matches were fine um we did have the new north nxt north american champion is carmelo hayes regained the title after beating cameron grimes that match was as good as you expected it to be carmelo hayes is someone that like he is carmelo hayes is someone that if in i'm gonna say five years we look back and be and have to be like how did they screw this up i'm it's i just i won't understand it yeah carmelo hayes is a license to print money he is so friggin good the the way he like played so focused and driven and like how much this title meant to him is different than stuff we've seen him do before and he killed it the match was great credit to to cameron grimes as well who is, is someone else that i do enjoy to watch his the title run from things that i saw like it, the chase is always more satisfying than the rain that's just kind of a general rule of thumb when you have a, a, a face champion so uh, but I, I like the direction that they went with Cameron Grimes's character, kind of toning him down just a little bit, making him a little bit more grounded. And he's always fun to watch. And these two have really good chemistry, I think. So the Carmelo Hayes NXT North American champion, super cool. The only thing that I didn't like, that I actively like disliked, was the premise. It wasn't the match itself, but it was the premise and the finish of the family, Tony D'Angelo, Channing stacks Lorenzo, and Troy two dimes Donovan, uh, taking on Legado del Fantasmo, Legado del Fantasmo, excuse me, Santos Escobar, uh, Cruz del Toro, and Joaquin Wild. And the the story around this match is that these they've been feuding forever. It's been heel versus heel pretty much the entire time, and the winning team absorbs the losing team so the family defeated legato del fantasma so now legato del fantasma had to join the family and it wasn't until nxt this week that they kind of established legato as faces because it was the uh tony d'angelo was supposed to i can't remember who it was um i think it was Fra the i think it was frazier but he's like, hey, you're going to wrestle for me. So Santos Escobar is the one who wrestled. And even when he would be on, like, the, he would have the advantage, D'Angelo would start screaming at him and, t like, telling him what to do and what not to do. And it was just like, okay, so this is, you're making him look very sympathetic here. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I, this, so, this is what I'm ahead. kind of confused about. So... And again, I haven't watched NXT 2.0 since Mania. And even then, mm -hmm. I was so like, I had not watched it in such a long time. There was a chick in pajamas. It was it was a whole thing. I was super confused. Wendy Chu, she did not win the NXT Women's Championship for Mandy Rose. I saw that. Um, but no, what I'm what I was gonna ask is, so we just have the Sopranos now, right? Like that's just what they are, correct? Isn't that what I'm kind of getting at with them? That's kind of like what they want to do, and it's it's it's. His, I think Tony D'Angelo himself is fine as a, as like a, as a wrestler. Yeah. He's, he's inoffensive. I think he's better than like, I, he's probably better than I'm giving him credit for. Like if I'm being honest. Yeah. I hate the character. It is, it's, it's like old school WWF, like over the top character bad. Yeah. So whenever, so I didn't, 
I didn't know about Tony D'Angelo until the Ciampa match. I'm not going to lie. Like, mm-hmm. I just knew, like, uh, at the Mania takeover. And I watched him. And like you said, inoffensive, totally whatever. I, and that's exactly, like, it's new generation WWE. Whenever we talk about um, my weekly pickups in uh, playing with ourselves, like, mm-hmm. though that character in NXT would wrestle the character that I bought an action figure of this week. And that, so keep listening for that. But, um, I just, that's, I can't get into it because like, I'm cool with characters in wrestling. You need them. I hate overtly goofy characters that aren't meant to be goofy because he's not a, like the family from what I gather, they're not jokes. No. Yeah. It, they it, they it, are it, taken seriously. And that's why I'm kind of like. And again, that could be another thing that I'm just not a big fan of NXT 2.0 because they have all these goofy characters, but a lot of them now, of course, like Wendy Chu is obviously a, that is a goofy character that is meant to be goofy and she does a good job doing it. I have watched her. She is really good. I hate it, but she is really good. (laughs) But it seems like there's more than one like person in NXT that this is dumb, but it's not played to be dumb. And they're not jokes at all. Like, we, we have an honest-to-goodness mob in NXT 2.0. That isn't, like, a wrestling mob. No, they are just straight up, like, the Sopranos. And they I just... remind me... Because the Sopranos, I think, is being a little too generous. They remind me of... Do you remember in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? The episode where they find the cocaine mm-hmm. in the speaker? yeah. And, and then it turns out that it is, like, the Philadelphia Mafia. Hey, yo, hey, hey. Like, oh, yeah. you guy, we, oh, I'm gonna whack him off. Like, it's that. It's that level of absurd, but they're not playing it for laughs. Yeah, and, that, like, and it's one of those things, like, again, if they were joke characters that NXT treated as fucking jokes, it would probably be my favorite thing. Because I like stupid shit. I hate stupid shit that is meant to be serious. And I think... I think that they, not, like, and they're not the reason I hate NXT 2.0. Like, the family is not the reason. It's on the list of reasons why that I I just can't watch it. But, and they're not like the, oh, if these guys got off TV, I would start NXT 2.0 tomorrow. It's not that. But I think that they are a really good, like, exhibit A on why this isn't meant for Dalton Anthony anymore. I'm sorry. I just I I went from the laughs are cheap. I'm going for gasps. Yeah, and like, I got it's always sunny. I got it's always sunny in my head yes. And, but that is very <laughs> accurate to how I feel about the family. <laughs> they could go for laughs, and I would love it. Like yeah. you know, just be full offensive at this point. Just be very stereotypical and lose. Like they're not serious. And I would mm. it would be my favorite thing in wrestling. But the fact that it's an honest to goodness mob. That is, that is a, it seems like a 1950s representation of the mob. And to balance it out just a little bit, because they did kind of do gang warfare, because it was the, it was the three of them versus Legato, and it was all kidnappings and assaults in the parking lot, and it was like, it was pretty cutthroat. My problem with it is that it was heel versus heel. It was, like, there wasn't a clear, like, who are we supposed to like here? pause the fuck up. They were kidnapping each other? Yeah. Oh my, okay, go ahead, we're good. Uh, you've answered every question I needed to know. Keep you... Dalton, you need to, you need to if you need a, rem- to a reminder, because one thing of NXT, <sighs> NXT Black and Gold to NXT 2.0 that has not changed 
is the parking lot of NXT of the Performance <laughs> Center is the most dangerous place in professional wrestling, <laughs> and probably outside of professional wrestling. Like I would say that that the crime rate in that specific area of Florida is higher, like one hundred percent. It is in Orlando. But, yeah. So I like I said, the match was fine. I I even like they and there was some kind of fun stuff. The finish was pretty fun, where Electra tried to hand Escobar the uh, brass knuckles that they use. They even pointed out because Legato uses the brass knuckles. Um, the family uses a crowbar. They always have it stashed in the same corner. So at the beginning of the match, they like walked him over the referee over and be like, check right here. And he pulls out a crowbar and they're like, yep, haha, we got that over on you. But they had a second one like stashed away. Okay. I would have, I would have liked that. That was, no, it was good. Like I said, it was, it wasn't bad. Um, and so they crack, uh, they accidentally hit, I don't remember which member of Legato, with the um, brass snuck, or no, I'm sorry, I'm getting it turned around. They, D'Angelo stole the brass knuckles from Santos. Yeah. One of the, it was either Del Toro or um, Wild, Wild uh, used the crowbar to bash either stacks or two dimes with that knocked him out, but he's just like leaning against the turnbuckle, just completely locked up. Uh, D'Angelo cracks whatever legal legato member is with the brass knuckles, knocks him out. And then the one that isn't stacks or two dimes pushes his friend and he just collapses onto legato. And that's the pinfall. So they each used each other's signature weapon. weapon. Uh, it just kind of blew up in Legato's face. So then, so like the finish was fun. The match was fine. I'm a huge fan of Legato del Fantasma. So I'm hoping that like when they inevitably come out of this, they're over as fuck. Yeah. And I think now that they are kind of, nope, they are being, uh, they're being made to look sympathetic. I think that is going to be the end goal. So like, again, I'm willing to give this a little bit of grace. It's just the family act. I'm so down on. And I wish I wasn't. Yeah. Uh, Moving on, though, the main event was Braun Breaker versus Joe Gacy. The story here being that if Braun got disqualified, that Joe Gacy would become the NXT champion because Gacy said that Breaker is very predictable and he is so easy to enrage that he will be able to get the disqual Like when he gets disqualified, when he inevitably gets disqualified, Gacy gets the title. And this is... This is the most impressed I've been with Breaker as a character. The match itself was really good. I think both Breaker and Gacy are very good. I again, Joe Gacy is someone whose character I can't stand. I the between the like woke buzzword SJW bullshit combined with now he has druids. Yeah. Like fucking why? But this was the most like there was a moment where Gacy tried to Eddie Guerrero Breaker to just like frame him. And the referee was about to disqualify him, but another ref came out and was like, nope, he's lying. That didn't happen. And it was like, cool. And Breaker just wrecked Gacy shit a little bit after that. So uh, that was fun. But the one thing that I want to talk the most about, and I'm not going to, and we're not going to because we talked a lot about the family. Sorry. Um, the <laughs> No, you're fine. The NXT Tag Team Championship, the Creed Brothers challenging pretty, de pretty deadly. Uh, if the Creed brothers lose, they are removed. They are fired from Diamond Mine. This match was awesome. This is probably one of, if not my favorite NXT 2.0 matches. 
Period. This might be... It's up there in my match of the weekend. I loved this match. Pretty Deadly are friggin' awesome. They're so good at, like, the just chicken shit, classic heel, infuriating tag team shtick. The Creed Brothers are someone that I... I legitimately thought when I first saw the Creed Brothers, like, oh, here's a couple dudes that, like, they're big, they're athletic, but they're not going to do anything. Like, they're not going to be any good. And holy shit, they proved me so wrong so quick. Because boys are good. And when I say that they're athletic, have you seen any of their, like, training videos that they post on, like, Twitter? Oh, yeah, no, I have. I've followed them before because of the Diamond Mine. Yeah. So, like, I'm very aware of those two. So, I... Just, I'm a huge fan of them, but, like, this match was put together, like, perfectly. Their dad, like, their parents were ringside. Um, they, the the one thing that I could have done without, and it, it feels like it has to be intentional, was the moment where um, Julius had the title belt in his hand, and it was all very much a, is he going to cheat moment? Because Diamond Mine, very heel. But the Creed brothers have started to kind of be faces. Yeah. Like, to the point where, at this point, they are, they're full-on faces. Um, it, they, but he, he didn't use it. And instead he, they ended up winning. They, the Creed brothers are the new tag team champions, but so it very much felt kind of like a little, little dig at like the Adam page thing from double or nothing. Yeah. I don't know if it was, it just, that's kind of what it felt like, but the, the shooting star press Dalton, this fucking shooting star press that Julius Creed hit and that's the bigger one right the taller one yeah. yeah there's there's big one tall big one wider okay so like, this is big one tall got it okay yeah the, the the taller one brutus is brutus is kind of the the stockier wider one and julius is the taller one got you not like he's not stocky himself just like he's the taller one i don't i keep saying tall stop saying tall what the hell is wrong with me but the the shooting star press he hit oh my god it was so good. And then into that seated running lariat that they do. Just, I loved this match. I came away from this match just blown away. So if you haven't, if, if you are like me and Dalton and you've kind of fallen off of NXT 2.0, if you didn't see in your house, I know I just spoiled it. So sorry, but like go out of your way to at least watch the tag title match here. Because like I, and it, and it might be a thing of, like, if you... Maybe you did watch it, and you're like, why the hell does Asa love this so much? It was fine. I don't know what it is, but this one hit for me. Mm-hmm. Like, in a way that a lot of uh, stuff has not in a while. So, highly... That is my... that that. No, never mind. Uh, that... I was almost like, oh, we should do, like, a pick of the week. Like, pick a match that we loved of the week. But it's like, eh, there's not always something that great. So. Yeah. If there's if there's one that stands out, we will. But like we can do that at the end of we can do that in the end of every month. But then we have to remind ourselves to do that. Yeah. So we're just going to we're just going to put a pin in that and uh, don't count on that happening in the next couple weeks. Yeah. I apologize in advance. Um, But yeah, Creed Brothers versus Pretty Deadly. So good. I fucking loved it. And then Sunday night was hell in a cell. Uh, We're going to go match by match on this one. But again, Dalton didn't watch because Dalton has kind of fallen off of wwe in general it's not just nxt 2.0 um but you know what screw it let's start with the cody rhodes versus seth rollins because that's the biggest story of the that's the biggest story of the of the pay-per-view okay like there's look at anything else that happened on this pay-per-view and tell me that there's anything 
more important that happened. I was going to ask about Bobby Lashley. So I was going to let you go through the whole card. I was only going to ask about Lashley and then we were, I thought we would talk about Cody. Instead. Oh no, I'm still, I'm still going to do the whole card, Okay, but I'm starting with the main event. Okay. And then we'll, we'll go back from the top and then right. you'll, you can ask whatever you want. Um, so Cody Rhodes on Monday partially tore his, uh, the, te- the tendon in his pec. Yeah. And then apparently according, this is all according to what WWE said on commentary. And then on Friday, as he was weight training with a torn pec, he fully tore it off. Yeah. So, it's, so he comes out, we know that he's injured. We, like, that gets, that gets out before, like, the, like, by, like, Saturday. Yeah, we all knew about that that Saturday, yeah. People knew that something was up with Cody, so it's like, okay, well, are they going to have the match? It, like, clearly they're going to cancel it because he's not going to wrestle with a torn <laughs> pectoral tendon. Um, nope, they they are still advertising it during the pre-show. They go all the way through, and it's just like uh, Fightful is posting updates of just like, hey, it's still listed as happening. Apparently, they've like gone over and changed a million things a million times, but this match is still going to happen, and it's still going to be a Hell in a Cell match. The only Hell in a Cell match at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, by the way. And then, so the show goes on. They're still, like, that's still the main event. Nothing has changed. Seth Rollins comes out rocking the polka dots, which just, chef's kiss. So good. Yeah. Like, it, it, he, he does such a great job of getting in his opponent's head with the gear. It's just a shame that he never beats anybody anymore. Yeah. Um. And then Cody comes out, he's wearing the jacket, he takes the jacket off, and he's just bruised like a fucking uh, eggplant. So it was this... All across his chest and his arm and his bicep, like... This was my gross. favorite moment from the pay-per-view, because we were texting each other at this point, because I told you, like, alright, cool, I know the Cody match is about to start, so I'm gonna turn on Hell in a Cell. Because mm-hmm. I wanted to see how they were gonna, like, not do this match that they said they were gonna do. And I guess you were like maybe 30 seconds ahead of me because I texted you while he still had the jacket on because he got in the ring and you could see the fucking tear. Like you could see where the bruising started with his jacket on. So I sent you a text like, fuck, you can tell he's hurt. And, but you had already, he had already taken the jacket off at that point. So Mm -hmm. just the, you fucking think what made you figure that out, (laughs) Dalton? And I was like, oh, you're ahead of me. Like you, you got to see everything before I did. Cause then of course, like 10 seconds later, he sees, takes the jacket off and it's just (laughs) the most beautiful shades of purples and browns that you've ever seen in your life. Like it was very vibrant. Um, to the point that I had to yell at Sadie to come upstairs to look at his fucking chest. (laughs) <laughs> because that's a level of why that I think I've ever seen because like uh it happened to Triple H at Crown Jewel. He tore his pec in the middle of that match. Mm-hmm. And you could see the bruising by the end of the match. So that's how quick that tear like actually affects the body. It can happen within 10 to 20 minutes where you start seeing the visual visible effects of it. Yeah. Cody wrestled with it already tore days prior and i'll let you keep talking at that point yeah so the the match went on not as planned but like as advertised and there's 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 so many different like sides to that you that you can fall on when it comes to like how you feel about cody wrestling with the torn uh with that torn tendon 
And I'm kind of like, I've softened my stance a little bit because I was very, when it first happened, I was very like, Cody's being irresponsible. WWE is being horrendously negligent in letting dude wrestle with a torn pectoral tendon. Like, Seth is complicit if something terrible happens because he could also be like, no, I'm not comfortable fighting this dude. And then, like, you, on the other end, you have, you know, oh, it's the most, it's the gutsiest performance a wrestler, much less, like, an athlete, has done. And, like, just full-on hero worship. I'm not there. Yeah. I've moved, I've moved farther away from the one side. Uh, because I've seen several people, like, that are a lot more knowledgeable about it on me than the human body than I am, talk about, like... Well, essentially what happened is he was in just an indescribable amount of pain during that match, but the way that it was structured, he really didn't do any lifting. Yeah. He still had some strength in the arm, so he was able to use it. And he very likely, like, he didn't do, he couldn't have really done, given the nature of what the injury was. He didn't do anything that could, like, really make it worse yeah he was as injured as he was gonna get with that injury and i think that's the that's the like main crux of it because me and you talked about it and i was i am more on the that shouldn't have happened side which when we were talking about it like it shouldn't have happened in my opinion that was not a good idea now if you ask me was that a good match hell yeah it was and not only was it a good match, when you consider the fact that somebody had less than a, like, it basically was wrestling with an arm and a half, that's a really good arm and a half match. Like, that was a very well put together, thought out, like, it was a good story. It wasn't just, like, I enjoyed everything they did. That doesn't mean I think it should have happened. Because we were kind of texting about it as it was going on live. And I was mm-hmm. like, I mean, you've seen... So I mentioned Kurt Schillings, who was the uh, Red Sox baseball pitcher, like in 03, and he had stitches in his ankle. And it was the World Series, or it might have been late playoffs, but he was it was it was deep into the season, where like if you lose, you're not playing anymore for the rest of the season. And Kurt Schillings pitches like almost a whole game with this fucked up ankle that had stitches to the point that halfway through, people started noticing there was blood forming on his sock. And like he kept pitching through it, was that a gutsy performance? Yeah, did he do? I think he ended up. I think they ended up winning that game. But like, yeah, it's a really gutsy performance. But at the end of the day, like, God dang, like, is it the smart choice to better like for your own personal benefit? Um, I don't think minus. I mean, besides Cody, this is not a positive moment for WWE because again, like you shared, like you retweeted somebody saying like. Cody wrestling hurt isn't the flex that WWE is trying to make it look like. Like, it is very irresponsible that that happened. Um, Because, yes, that injury was not going to be any worse. Like, that was as torn off that it was going to be. He was fall off the bone ribs at that point. It wasn't going to get much worse. That doesn't mean another injury could not have occurred if he was overcompensating. He could have fucked up his other side trying to compensate for the fact that he didn't have as much on his right side or whatever side it was. Like, there's a lot that could have went wrong. Fortunately, it didn't. Um, or at least that we are knowledgeable of it didn't happen. So that's good. But at the end of the day, that was a that was a very risky gamble 
that could have went very poorly in so many ways. Um, WWE could have come out looking really bad. I will guarantee if any horrific injury happens in a WWE ring, that will get referenced. Well, they fucking made Cody Rhodes wrestle with an injured pec. And again, it was definitely Cody's call. There have been several backstage reports being that like, WWE gave him every opportunity to not do the match. Yeah. It, he insisted on doing it. This was they and they trusted him to let it happen. Yeah. So and this, again, this is 100 percent Cody's call. Yes. That said, I will I will point out one thing real quick. WWE, if they truly did not want the match to happen, the match wouldn't have happened. Yeah. The Like, so, you know, they they easily still could have been like he could have fought tooth and nail to make that match happen. But uh, WWE, when they say when they say a thing is going to ha- like is or isn't going to happen, that thing is or is not going to happen. Yeah, and that they hold, they have the final call. Yeah, so it's one of those where it's like, yeah, it's good that nothing happened because if something would have happened, it would have totally one hundred percent been WWE's fault and rightfully so, because at the end of the day, it's their promotion. Cody Rhodes doesn't run that show, so W like, thank God it, he walked away from it hopefully in almost the exact same condition he walked into it because if not that would have a hundred percent been on the wwe's like even if cody like said no i can do it i can do it they're the ones writing the checks they're the one controlling the show that was on them uh fortunately it was a good well i mean that's very minor in the grand scheme of things fortunately he did not injure himself more it was it, it, it was a very the- good it was a very good byproduct that it was also a really fun match I will say that it does kind of feel like that is the silver lining that the match was a fucking banger. Yeah. Uh, God, I hate saying that. Why? It's nah, never mind. Because um, th- th- like, I don't think people would be as positive of him going out there and gutsing it out if the match sucked. Oh, that would be rough. Pe- I don't think people would be like, oh my god, I can't like what a what a sh- Cody's such a piece of shit. He can't even wrestle with the torn pictorial tendon like no that wouldn't have happened i mean it's the internet so probably someone would have but they have six followers and like do nothing but retweet OnlyFans links uh but so i it it is very much like the fact that the match ruled 100 percent kind of like not vindicates their decision to have it but it makes it go down a little easier like that's the you know that's the it makes it 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 makes it seem like a better call than maybe that it was. Um, my only real complaint about the match itself is that Seth Rollins is now a certified 100% little bitch. Yeah. If I'm in a feud with Seth Rollins, all I'm going to say, like if he attacks me after a match out of nowhere to like set up a program, like I'm all, I, the only thing I will ever say is like, Asa, what Seth Rollins attacked you after your match. What do you have to say? Dude lost three in a row to a dude, and then the second time, using weapons, couldn't beat him one-armed. Third time, What yeah. a bitch. Oh, yeah. The third, third, like, and the third time, like, dude had one arm, and he yeah. still lost. Like, whatever. I'll let him vent his frustration. That's fine. But, like, I can beat this fucking guy. I got two arms. Watch. Do the because, thingies. Like, and, and, and I get it. Seth Rollins is that bulletproof point. Like, but, man, this is pushing it. Yeah. This is pushing it because the last like three major feuds he's had. Cody Rhodes, he went 0 and 3. Uh Edge, I'm pretty sure he went maybe 1 and 3 or 1 and 2, mm-hmm. but like Edge beat him at almost every turn, including at WrestleMania. 
Rey Mysterio. Like, yeah, he did the eye thing, but like, I'm pretty sure. No, he ended up because like the feud wasn't as much with Rey Mysterio as it was with Dominic Mysterio. And he very much ended up sweeping Dominic in that. But again, that was a brand new person. It's I understand what you were saying, but there <laughs> you is... You saw my face. Yeah. Be like, oh, but he clowned out Dominic Mysterio. Like, congratulations, yeah. man. Like, there that's was... like you... Be- oh, you beat up Asa. Oh, yeah, you're so big and tough. Like, all right, cool. But yeah, no, like, you're you're not wrong. But that one, I think, was more against Dominic and the Mysterio family as a whole, and he very much had a net positive against them. Did he, though? Because he yeah. lost his lackey, and Ray bitched him out a couple times. Well, yeah, so... but you can't win You can't win all the time, and if you're the bad guy, it's better storytelling if you lose at the end. Yeah, and I get that, but at the but, same time... So, like... again, what I'm getting at, Seth should have won at WrestleMania Backlash. Like, whenever he pulled the tights, that should have been the match. But instead, Cody pulled the tights, and then he won the match. It is weird. It is real weird. Um, but yeah. No, you're not wrong, though. Like, this... Rollins, again, he's bulletproof, Roman, Roman's... Like, Roman's... He's gotta get... He's yeah. gotta get something back. He's the, he's the opposite of Roman, in that he's always over. It's just... he He's the mirror dimension of where Roman never yeah. loses. Rollins never <laughs> wins. Yeah. But he doesn't, like... He doesn't really need to like you're, but you're not wrong. He does need to start getting some like, so basically he needs to feud with somebody that's not the biggest name in the company at the time. So he can win some just to Mm kind of, yeah, wrestling's weird. Fortunately for Rollins, he's so goddamn over that it doesn't matter because you're absolutely right. He doesn't win matches, but he doesn't need to because he's still one of the most compelling, like people in the, on the roster. So, and the reason I can say that is because, um, Allie will watch pay-per-views with me every once in a while. And she watched the WrestleMania Backlash, not WrestleMania, but WrestleMania Backlash Cody match. Mm -hmm. And so she hadn't watched WWE in quite a while. So the whole visionary thing, she didn't know. And I told her, I was like, I can't explain what his character is right now. I can't tell you what it is because I don't know what it is. That being said, it's like my favorite thing in WWE right now. And it's not even close. Like, it's like Seth Rollins and everybody else. It's actually like Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, and everybody else. But, like, I really love what Seth is doing. But I can't tell you what it is. He's so fucking weird. This is what it is. Because someone, I don't, someone said that he called it this, but I, I've never seen it. But it's if the Joker was having a midlife crisis. All right, cool. That's a really good description of it. Which right? is which like, is which is really funny because Seth Rollins is like thirty five, uh, yeah. which is insane. He's thirty five and has had like a ten year career with WWE, and yeah, has been is. and has been consistently great the whole time. Like yeah. no, there's really no down point. Like even looking at NXT, like when you count NXT and FCW, even I'll give I'll go that far back. He's just been. And especially, and and don't get me wrong, like, I know I complained about him losing. He just turned 36. <laughs> but look at his, look at his feuds that he had with Cody, with Edge, with Mysterio, with Cesaro. Great. All of those, all of those matches have been phenomenal. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have bad matches really ever. The Roman, the Roman Reigns match where he came out dressed as a shield. Like, he does, like, at some point you got to recognize that it's like, no, we're seeing just we're seeing greatness in action yeah it's just you know maybe you know win just the one time for me 
do it like let him be start feuding with dominic again if that's what it's going to take yeah like, i'm willing to give say me, get, give me him versus mustafa ali yeah like, or that Ch- would rule champa or somebody like there's mm-hmm. so many people you could put him against i i will put money that the second that roman drops that belt within a year rollins will have the uu champion again i have a theory. or will be the uu champion i i have a theory that I think that Roman isn't going to lose both belts at the same time. I think that when Roman loses, he's only going to lose one. Mm-hmm. I think he is going to be the only UU champion because Rollins will win at some point. Rollins is my pick for Money in the Bank. I'm calling it now. Yeah. I don't even know if he's in the match, but Rollins is my pick for Money in the Bank. And I think that he cashes in on Roman either in a moment of weakness and he cashes in for just one of the titles. Like, they'll do something screwy. But there is zero doubt in my mind that when Cody comes back for WrestleMania, when he wins the Royal Rumble, he the champion he challenges will be Seth Rollins. Okay. And that's who he... And, and so he goes, oh, he goes 4-0, this time for the title at WrestleMania. The WrestleMania rematch... That we've seen two other rematches for. <laughs> Fair, yeah. Like, that's... I don't know how exactly they get there, but that is where I think they go with it. Okay. But, also, before we get through the rest of Hell in a Cell, just real quick, because it kind of broke today, uh, Roman Reigns is no longer being advertised for Money in the Bank. So, this is two pay-per-views that he will not be on at all. A third pay-per-view since winning the UU Championship, where he isn't defending it. Yeah. So... Cool. Cool. Not annoyed. Not annoying at all. Nope. Not even a little bit. Man, I'm really happy that I don't follow as much. (laughs) Uh, Moving on, though, starting at the beginning, this is what... So, if it's me, and again, it's hindsight, it's armchair booking, whatever. Like, it's easy for me to say this. If Cody and Seth does not go on, this is the match that I then immediately move to not only the main event, but I put inside Hell in a Cell. It's the triple threat match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. That match on just, even if they don't make it Hell in a Cell, is strong enough to main event any pay-per-view any day of the week. Yeah. From Backlash to WrestleMania, Bianca Belair defending against Asuka and Becky Lynch is a main event match. You put it in a Hell in a Cell because there is enough bad blood, especially between Bianca and Becky Lynch and Asuka and Becky Lynch. The fact that it wasn't already one to begin with blows my mind and borderline infuriates me, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I can't say that Cody and Seth was my favorite match of the night just because of the ick factor of Cody wrestling hurt. But uh, this is this was and also I do think that this was just a tremendous. This is one of the better triple threat matches WWE has put on in a very long time. And I liked the I really loved the finish of. Becky Lynch putting Asuka down and Bianca kind of stealing it from Becky. Because that's a little bit of like extra little comeuppance of fuck you to Becky Lynch. Yeah. And I appreciated that. But the match itself was amazing. This is another one that like if you haven't like I would say go out of your way to watch. Both this and the Cody match. The Cody Rollins match are both good enough to go out of your way to check out. Uh, second match was Bobby Lashley defeating Omos and MVP in a two on one handicap match. Where yet again could have been in a hell Omos of a cell. And M- Omos and MVP won the the 
ability to choose your stipulation at a pay-per-view called Hell in a Cell. What stipulation would you like? At Hell in a Cell. Handicap match. This company, man, I don't... Why does it bother me so much? Why? You remember when why I, does this why does this one thing bother me so much? Remember whenever they had TLC? This was like 2015, 2016 maybe. And they had TLC and the feud with Bray Wyatt and uh John Cena was they were throwing the steel stairs at each other mm-hmm. for like weeks. So then they had a stairs match and then to be adorable, they added TLC plus chair or stairs or something like that in some of the promotion to be yeah. like tongue in cheek. Yeah, they don't even care anymore to do that. Yeah, it's, it, I, uh, okay. Um, the most notable thing out of this, Bobby Lashley defeating um, Omos and MVP by making MVP tap out to the Hurt Lock. Um, before the match, Cedric Alexander came up to MVP and Omos and was like, all right, I'll do this. Th- I'm, I'll come up from behind him and go after the knee. And MVP is like, dude, Hurt Business is dead. You have been nothing but a disappointment. Be gone now. And just told him off uh during the match alexander comes out and attacks omos uh which distracted him uh blah 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 finish happens and then backstage lashley and him have a brief interaction where he was just like hey and cedric alexander was like i need to figure out who i am i need to stand on my own and lashley was like good for you uh but just never interfere in one of my matches again and it was like, okay, cool. They're cool. So I was really hoping they were going to do something with Cedric Alexander. And then Raw happened. And yeah. Um, that said, after the match, Lashley went up to a fan who had a replica WWE title mat- belt, grabbed it, and started walking around the ring with it. Like calling a shot. And I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, I am ready for that. Remember, um, do you remember when Brandon Barbar did that at CCW but stole the belt? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so that was awesome. And the follow-up to that was he's going to feud with Theory. So cool. Um, do you say you had a question about this match? Oh, you said that Bobby Lashley ended up looking like a fucking star at the end of it or a monster or something like that. And I was... Oh, no. He's, he's over as fuck. Okay, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. No, Bobby Lashley is over. The crowd was into everything that he did, especially at the end when like he choked it when he tapped out MVP and was walking around with the title belt. Like, yeah, they were all for it. Everyone was into it. I think he's one of those people that has generated so much goodwill in wrestling over the last like six years, even whenever he had to do bullshit things in WWE, whenever he came back Mm -hmm. that like the crowd wants to love, like that's somebody that WWE just needs to like hand feed us for a little bit because the crowd wants him so bad. Now don't force him, but like, because the dude looks like a million bucks still. And like, Oh, he's so good. But yeah, I just, I wanted to, I wanted clarification on that. So thank you. Yeah. Um, Kevin Owens defeated Ezekiel by pinfall clean. Just, you know, the match was solid. Nothing wrong with it. No real complaints. Just kind of surprising that Owens getting the win. Um, and then Ezekiel challenging him to a rematch and Owens accepting because he's like, you have to admit that you're Elias. Okay, I admit I'm Elias. Okay, you can have your match. I lied. I'm not Elias. I'm Ezekiel. But you already. But you can't say that you lied about you having your match. Uh, the match with us. It, it may. It, uh, Owens needs to do. Put Seth Rollins against Ezekiel now. Let if if we're not gonna if Ezekiel's eating pay per view losses, 
Seth freaking Rollins right there. Next up was the Judgment Day Edge, Damian Priest, and Rhea Ripley defeating the team of AJ Styles, Finn Balor, and Liv Morgan. Uh, this was also a really fun match. I enjoyed the hell out of this match. It, the finish was Rhea Ripley for the second time standing in between uh, Finn Balor about to do the coup de grace against Edge. I think, well, maybe the first time was Damian. I don't remember. Um, but she got in his way multiple times. It caused the distraction, led to Edge pinning Finn Balor after a spear and yeah this was also a solid six-person tag i enjoyed it no real major gripes and then we got the follow-up on monday of finn balor replacing edge in judgment day so i'm i'm very curious and excited to see where that goes no holds barred match was next as madcap moss defeated happy corbin uh moss finally has new gear and entrance music uh, to different he's not the he they're still calling him madcap moss we we can we can ditch that i think too but i don't not think there yet i don't know which name you leave him with unless you just give him a whole new name i honestly just the, so this is honestly what i expected this is they they don't drop they don't just call him madcap they don't just call him moss he cuts a promo where he's like hey i'm madcap moss because it went with happy corbin but that's not who I am. Who I am is Riddick Moss. Mm -hmm. They give him two weeks of Riddick Moss and then they drop Moss and then he just is Riddick. Riddick. Yeah. Yeah. That like genuinely that's where I thought they were going to go and they still might like I am not convinced that they don't do that. Yeah. Um, Again, this one is this is two people that I think are underrated that Happy Corbin especially is our I don't think you can argue to me that in the fans opinions that he's not one of the most underrated people WWE has right now like people just don't get how good he is um and everything they did worked for me for the most part like it's this isn't like a you know I'm not going to say go out of your way to watch it it's exactly what it needed to be with Moss picking finally getting the win and I'm kind of I'm hoping they move away from each other at this point though yeah and I'm I'm curious to see what he does next and then the last match was Theory defending the United States Championship against Mustafa Ali. Uh, Theory beat Mustafa Ali clean in his hometown to retain uh, as Ali had custom-made trunks and or custom-made gear and uh, special Chicago shirts that apparently they weren't even selling in the arena because why would they? And yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, the I can't remember. I don't even remember the game, but it was like, no, I do. Oh my god, hang on. All right. I'm having just a weird. If you want to start talking about it, I might be able to help you with a Google search. Nope, I know the Google search. Okay, because like, I know exactly what it is. All right, uh, Dalton, did you have a Sega Genesis bet as your, a child? You bet your sweet ass, because my family wasn't going to afford a Super Nintendo. Okay, did you ever play? The, a little game called McDo- uh, McDonald's Treasure Land Adventure. Yes. Do you remember? I think it was like a pirate that was just a big thing. Li- like it was just a big mouth. It was one of the bosses. Um, no. This sounds like a fever dream, but it was a Sega Genesis game, so it's probably real. No, it's it's it, it's very real. It, it's okay. very real. All Let right. me... I gotta, because that's all I can think of anymore when I think of theory. 
is just in the selfies he takes at the worst possible angle where he like it's just, just it's all mouth yeah he looks it's, like it, one of the canadians from south park no because like it's just it's he, i don't get it like he's the <laughs> ugliest hot dude <laughs> that i've ever seen in my entire life and it's just i'm going to, so i'm actually i ha, i'm on youtube right now doing a watching a full playthrough oh my god and i'm scrubbing through because i'm trying to there he is there's that okay <laughs> okay um i'm gonna i'm gonna post this to twitter too oh my but god i'm gonna i have homework right now oh my god no i'm gonna send it to you okay. but i need to edit it i need to i took a screen capture um all right well fuck it it might show up yeah just send it yeah we got we got yeah, a, there we, we got go. discord chat baby um yeah so i'm just gonna minimize that for now the but it's just it's a pirate that is just a giant mouth with a body and that's okay. all i think of anymore and the fact that like I hadn't thought of McDonald's Treasureland Adventure in twenty plus years is weirding me out. Also, the fact that there's a full Genesis playthrough that was uploaded in twenty twenty. Oh my god! We were all I'm... stuck inside for seven months, Asa. This was February of twenty twenty. Maybe he it's knew before then. Maybe he knew. Maybe the person knew. I don't know. Hell in a Cell was cool. There was <laughs> good, good matches. Uh, I hated the theory finish. I hate uh, that was about it. And I hated Cody wrestling just in general. Um, but they pulled it off. Hell in a Cell was cool. What did you think of Hell in a Cell? I don't know. We're at like two hours already. And no, I'm, we're at an hour. Not even, not even talking about the news yet. Um, so, yeah. We talked about Cody's injury. But Cody is not the only injury that came to light this week between uh last thursday and tonight cm punk announced on friday at rampage that he is injured he will require surgery and that he was going to relinquish the title but then jericho said he had to relinquish the title on commentary but then punk said that tony khan told him he didn't have to relinquish the title no one understood what was going on. It was all very confusing. Yeah. Well, we've gotten some clarification. What is going to happen is that Punk is still AEW champion. In the meantime, AEW is going to name a interim AEW champion. Uh, there was a battle royal last night on Dynamite that Kyle O'Reilly won. Kyle O'Reilly then faced John Moxley, who was ranked number one as uh, to determine who will go to Forbidden Door to go to uh to challenge it'll either be goto or tanahashi yeah they're going to wrestle at dominion the winner of that match is going to then face john moxley at forbidden door the winner of that match will then become the interim AEW champion and i hate interim champions in professional wrestling okay yeah um i don't mind them a couple reasons why is it it's something we're not as used to in WWE it's a very like in MMA interim champions are a diamond dozen because somebody can go down hurt in a training camp 3 weeks before a fight who's the champ and then well they'll scramble to find an interim champion and then they'll just run interim that person will be the interim champion until insert name here is cleared or if they're not cleared in time they can drop the belt and then that person is not the interim anymore they are just the champion mm -hmm. um 
in wrestling it's it's weird because it's a scripted sport um here's why i don't hate it because i think there's some cool storyline shit you can do with it if it's going to be a long-term interim champion because let's say punk is out for six months well forbidden door is a month and a half away i think it's gonna be in august or maybe two months away forbidden door is in two weeks really yeah forbidden door is like the 20 why did i think that that was in august forbidden door is the 26th well that's dope as hell um anyway um all right cool so if if cm punk is out like we don't know how long he's gonna be out for but let's say he's out for like six months we'll put him on the cody timeline oh and like hopefully it's he's healthy when he comes back obviously but now you can put the belt on moxley or honestly it would be really cool if they put it on a new one of the new japan guys but like it's it'll be put on moxley more than likely and um you can tell a couple of different stories with it you can tell the story that every person that moxley faces is calling him a paper champion you can do that you can be you can have moxley be pissed off because he is the interim champion and not the champion champion and then you can have him be healed that way and just have him run heel until punk comes back there's a couple things you can do because i think one of my favorite things that i've ever seen with an interim champion and i can't think of his name and i'm sure it's happened more than once but it was in the ufc and some dude wins the interim belt because of some fucking reason i don't know if it was injury or dude popped for i this guy wins the interim championship in ufc and he flat out says i don't want this fucking fake belt i want the real like i want like i want him i want the champion this doesn't mean anything to me this is not an actual championship if they do something like that i probably wouldn't hate it now if they just treat him like they did it with a uh, guevara and dustin rhodes whenever cody had the belt and then guevara was the interim champion for like two weeks and then they did the ladder match. They should have either A, not have done the interim championship at all. Because that was the last time they did interim. And that was early this year. They should either not have done interim or had him just be the champion. Cody couldn't compete. And then Cody comes back two weeks later and be like, hey, that's mine. I didn't even lose it. And then have that ladder match. The two belts thing was weird. It did nothing for Sammy. I think this has the potential to be something cool. I also really hate AEW's ranking system now. Because whenever they announced that John Moxley was the number one contender because he was ranked number one, there was like Wardlow was number two. And John Moxley was like number five. And that's why I hate ranking systems. Because if you just told me without the ranking system, yeah, Moxley's going to face the winner of this battle royal. Dope. Former champion. Moxley's good. He just beat the shit out of Daniel Garcia three day- or two days before prior. Like, all right, cool. You can make me understand that because there's not a precedent. It should have actually been Wardlow versus Moxley or something like that for the interim ch- or for a shot at the interim belt. Not have been okay with it. But instead, they leaned on the rankings. And then the mm-hmm. second you do something like that, you have to start backtracking if you're not 100% paying attention. And that's what I don't like. I don't hate that Moxley was like the de facto number one guy to face the battle royal winner, to face the new Japan guy. I don't hate that at all. Cause it's John Moxley. Like that's the problem is that they based it off of these rankings that were wrong. And then they had to backtrack everything. And I hate over explanation in wrestling. Whenever you could have just said, fuck it. Moxley's the guy. They, you didn't even have to do the battle royal. You could have just said Moxley is going to face Tanahashi or Goto at, forbidden door to see who the new interim AEW championship or champion is. And you know what I would have said, Asa? 
fucking cool. Awesome. Let's go. <laughs> but instead, I'm sitting here bitching about a wrestling ranking system in a fake sport. Like, this that's how stupid we have gotten with AEW. And I remember whenever we talked about the ranking system initially on PWU whenever we started AEW. And I was like, oh, it's cool. They're trying to be different. As long as they follow their own rules, we're good. They've established that their ranking system only kind of works when they want it to. And they're cool with changing shit last second to make their ranking system work. Whereas if they just dropped their ranking system, it would make their life so much easier. Yeah. It also points out something that I think it was Dax retweeted or he tweeted out like a picture of like how many weeks in a row they were the number one ranked tag team. That's not the champions. Yeah. Like it was like six of just like, and yet they're not in the ladder match the next week. Yeah. They weren't, they didn't compete for the titles at the pay-per-view. And like the acclaimed had like caster rapped about it. Like they were ranked number two for the longest time, but they were still having to do all these like number one contendership battle Royals and shit. Yeah. And it's like, now they're not that anymore because i like bones is hurt and they ended up losing a bunch of matches. But like, yeah, I, I get what they try to do, but when you're, you don't follow your, it's your thing with time travel. It's fine mm-hmm. if you follow the like your own rules. They're not even following their own rules anymore. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm super happy that it's going to be Moxley versus Tanahashi or Goto. That match will be insane, and that'll be a good main event, except it shouldn't be, because we might have a better match coming down the pipe. Um, because fucking Hangman versus Okada is a possibility, and I want that. Uh, that was the match that I wanted when they announced Forbidden Door. I fucking called that match. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like... It's a shame that they are, like, for lack of a better term, stepping on their own dick. Like, they have so much cool shit they could do, but they're fucking their self, they're fucking themselves over. With, like... Yeah, see, it, it doesn't bother me near as much because it's Moxley. Like, if they're gonna fudge numbers, you know, whatever, this one is pretty, like, it's believable. Yeah. Like, because of just, like, because of his record because of like the performances he's put on especially like singles because like him losing at double or nothing in the anarchy in the arena match doesn't hurt his ranking because it's a singles ranking and that was a 10-man match yeah it i would i would be more on your side at being upset about it if it was like sammy guevara is yeah. the number one like where it's just like whoa that came out of nowhere yeah. like he hasn't been on fire he hasn't been on fire in singles competition lately and you know stuff like something like that yeah but i mean like you said moxley was already kind of gonna be the guy um i am a little peeved that it's not hangman because like he even though yeah he just lost the title that that i I think that should count for something yeah but it they're they're going a different way and like and you can say what you want about like you look at the people that were in that battle Royal and there were some pretty glaring omissions that weren't featured or that didn't compete. So, you know, say what you will about that. But I think ultimately this, the reason that I don't like the interim thing is because it's not recognized at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Like the only reason Sammy Guevara is a whatever time TNT. TNT champion is because he won the ladder match. And then won the title off of like Scorpion. So I think he's a three time at this point. Uh, Scorpio Sky. Um, it's the fact that like John Moxley, the majority of his championship was his championship reign was in front of not people. Like yeah. it was in the empty arenas. And I want him to have a good run with the title with fans back. Yeah. But like, so let's say he gets that run. 
And then let's say, oh, Punk's actually out longer than we thought. He's not going to just be out for like, because I don't think they would do this interim champion if they weren't expecting him to immediately to come back within like two, maybe three months. But let's say, hey, something's actually it's worse than we thought. His recovery doesn't go great, which God forbid that happens. But like, oh, he's actually going to be like six to nine months. He's gone. So does that mean Moxley's just kind of locked in as champion for that long? Do you have then, okay, well, he say he loses the title to Wardlow. Then Wardlow, but then Punk comes back and he beats Wardlow. Well, now Wardlow was never champion. Well, he was interim champion. There's too many asterisks when you look at like the history of the title. Yeah. So, and for whatever reason, I get hung up on that. Yeah, and in UFC, like they do, if Minotaur Nogueira, that's who I'm thinking of, he was the interim heavyweight champion for a while, and I think he lost the belt not to the person that was the champion. I think he just lost the interim title. Mm-hmm. He is still recognized as a UFC heavyweight champion, but I think if I like at that time, I think he won the belt before that too. But like that run of the title, I think says interim champion. Like there's like a little asterisk. There's asterisks. Yeah. And I get why that you don't like that. It doesn't bother me as much as long as they, like, if you can make it part of the storyline, because I think you could probably do, like, get a cool two-month story out of somebody on Dynamite with Moxley. Like, I mean, Jericho. Jericho could talk shit for two months and give him a match on Dynamite where he's like, you're not even the real champion. He's like, I'll take that fake belt off of you. Like, you're not even, like, that's Punk's belt. You're just, you're and walking. And I'll be Punk when he comes back. Yeah, it's like, you're walking around with a replica. But I can make that replica mean something, because I'm a sports entertainer, da-da-da. I'm doing your work for you, AEW, by the way. Because I'm a wizard. Yeah. Oh, my. Fireball. That's the best part. I fucking love that he just yells fireball. Because, um, <laughs> again, it's a joke, Asa, and he is playing it as a fucking joke. Mm-hmm. And I like stupid shit in wrestling, but when you have the fucking honest to goodness mafia, sorry, I'm going, I'm, I'm backtracking. Uh, but yeah, I hope punk recovers soon. Yeah. It's, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully he isn't out for too long and we kind of get a nice little bow on everything. Here, I do think yeah. so. Like legit, I legit think punk's only going to be out two to three months now because I did think forbidden door was in August. So I was like, God, he's going to be gone for a while. If that's the way they're playing it, that's how fucking yeah. stupid I am. And I watch AEW. Oh, you thought they were going to go that long without an interim champion? Yeah, I was like, oh, fuck, they're gonna have, we're going to have a build for the interim champion title. That's going to be <laughs> fucking cool. I hope Tanashashi hangs around for a while. Um, nope. Yeah, I'm stupid. <laughs> I'm stupid. But hey, June 20, June 26th. fucking Hangman versus Okada if we get it. I mean, I'd be cool with Adam Cole versus Okada, but like, I hope we get Hangman versus Okada because that match will be dope. So there were two things that I saw suggested on Twitter, and I like one of them a lot more than the other. One of them was uh, a, a the one that I liked most was if they're not going to do a straight up singles between Hangman and Okada, have it be a fatal four way Hangman, Okada, Cole and Jay White. That would be uh, fucking cool. But then the, the thing that I saw that I don't like as much but could still be good, but I don't like it near as much is Hangman and Okada versus Cole and White. No. Yeah, see, that's no, like, not again, even. Could be cool, but, like, not as good as the other alternatives. Yeah. Um, Let's see. But CM Punk is not the only injury, which obviously, yes, hopefully that it isn't anything too serious. His surgery goes well. He's able to heal up completely and quickly. Um, Cody, we talked about uh, Matt Cardona underwent surgery to fix his torn bicep. Uh, That apparently went well, so good news there. Um, But one other piece of injury update is Brian Danielson. Uh, missed a meet and greet 
And one of the vent, one of the employees at the meet and greet, the people working, the vendor working, told someone that he was. They were told that he was injured and he could not fly. Um, he's only expected to really miss a week or two, but we don't know the nature of the injury, what is injured, how severe it is. There's really no information out there that I could find. So, you hopefully it's nothing too serious. Um, I'm bummed that that probably means he won't be at Dynamite next week. Um. Also, so Dynamite next week that I'm, I've been so excited for because this is supposed to be the like, hey, we took full gear away from you, so we're going to give you a fucking Dynamite. But now we're not going to have CM Punk. We're not going to have Brian Danielson. We're not going to have more than likely Adam Cole. Like, even though he was there, he's apparently dealing with some like longer term injuries. So there he we probably won't see the reports are that we're not going to see him wrestle until forbidden door. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not going to get to see him wrestle. Uh, that is just a, you know, we're not going to get to see MJF more than likely because he hasn't been seen. Then there was the whole like AEW doesn't want Warner brothers to use any of his imageries in, uh, advertising anymore. So yeah, that's a lot of heavy hitters that we're going to miss out on, but they did announce some cool stuff at Wardlow versus 20 security guards. Uh, is going to be ridiculous to watch live. Did you see and that did the you, ladder match for the tag titles, uh, Jurassic Express versus the Young Bucks versus the Hardy Boys? Like, that'll be fine. All right. Uh, I, I ain't upset at that. Did you see the uh, security guards for Mark Sterling last night? Yes, because I went, I actually meant to shout that out at the top of the show. Uh, Mike Outlaw, Camaro Jackson, and SK Bishop were all the uh, fucking, in that crew. The scariest looking uh, security guards I've ever seen in my life. Because I've seen Camaro Jackson do some real scary shit. Uh, that 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 big strong man. Uh, also, Mike Outlaw's fucking amazing. Uh, but yeah, no, I just I saw that I was seeing because like uh, on the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast Facebook page, like anytime Mark Sterling does anything on AEW, mm-hmm. like it gets like shared. And I saw that thing, and I was like, I know some of those guys. Uh, <laughs> I know them. Yeah, that was cool as hell. Yeah, I, I was excited to see How happy would you have been? All right, now obviously they wouldn't have done it, but how funny would it have been if they'd had Warhorse be one of the security guards, but still with Warhorse face paint on? Full makeup, yeah. <laughs> it's a side gig! Just like, that would, I kind of want that. Uh, although he and Dan the Dad were on Dark in Attack yeah. Team. Yeah, so was, so, uh, also, so was Camaro yeah. Jackson and um, SK Bishop, I think. Tootie was too. Yeah. I think Tootie was in it. I, so I'm excited. I'm excited for Dark and Dark Elevation next week. I get to see a lot of people I know, which is always fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that is all the injuries that we are aware of at well, this point. Cardona God too. Anything... I mentioned Cardona. Oh, my surgery. bad. My bad. My bad. Yeah. Um. Uh. Real quick note. Uh. New Japan and Stardom announced that they are going to run a joint show, and I am super excited for that. One of the biggest complaints you can levy against new japan is their lack of women wrestling so for them to to launch uh, to announce this is really really cool so um but we don't have a date or anything they said there will be more information in the coming months so we will be watching that and then in a story that i wanted to talk about but we really don't have a ton of time um it was announced that wwe and vice tv have come to an agreement to produce uh, some projects, including the people who did Dark Side of the Ring. And, uh... That... I don't like that. No. I don't like that one bit. 
Now, Sean Ross Sapp tweeted out earlier today, I reached out to Dark Side of the Ring creators on the news of a new series and Dark Side being on hold. They claim there are inaccuracies in those reports and say an official announcement should be coming soon. Um, so we'll find out more. We'll probably talk about it more, um, not next week, but the week after because next, oh, I don't know if I've even told you this. Uh, I'm going to be at Dynamite. I knew that. Week. I'm going to be in, I'm going to be in St. Louis pretty much for the, for, cause yeah. next uh, a week from today is my birthday. Um, but I'm going to be in St. Louis all week. So I, we will very likely not record anything. Yeah. Um, if we do, it might just be like the weekend after, I don't know. Um, but if you don't see a new episode, that's why. Yeah. So be on the, be, uh, on the lookout there. Um, but yeah, so the, the stuff that dark side of the ring kind of uncovered and brought to light, uh, that made WWE look terrible. Yeah. And then it's like, Hey, we're going to work with you guys. Like that's, I don't, I don't like that. They're going to bring you the, uh, Owen Hart situation didn't happen like that. And Ric Flair just said hi to that lady. That was what, that's <laughs> like, that's what it's going to be. And that's going to be disappointing. <laughs> The unfortunate slip and fall of Jimmy Snuka's wife. Yeah. Like, um, oh, get, yeah. Get, get, get oh, wrestling sucks. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's stupid. Moving on to playing with ourselves. Um, Dalton, this is going to be a lot of you. Yeah. But uh, real quick, they did announce on Go Joe Wednesday from Hasbro Pulse, uh, <laughs> the G.I. Joe six inch line, uh, the classified series uh, is getting a Sergeant Slaughter. And it's dope. It's so cool. I wish I gave a fuck about G.I. Joe's. I will say that is the best thing about being as like young as I am because I could have. And I remember watching some of the cartoons on uh, Cartoon Network, but it never connected with me. And thank fucking Christ, because that line is so cool. And I've had to tell myself to not buy some of the ninjas from uh, the Cobra Commander because I think they're just cool looking. But then (laughs) Sadie, like Sadie's literally sat down. She was like, Tell me what that character is. <laughs> and I'm like, I fucking can't. And she was like, don't buy it then. Um, One of them snake eyes. I know there's a snake eyes. Yeah. Uh, Fumbles <laughs> isn't on there. That was a robot chicken special. Uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, but no, it looks super cool. It even comes with like a blister packaged version of the figure for the figure, uh, which is real stupid. But like, if I show you my uh, Blue Ranger lightning collection figure, which is Hasbro, I, I bought a little Blue Ranger figure that came in a keychain. Just to have mm-hmm. him hold it. So, like, I wouldn't be above getting the slaughter. Uh, <laughs> this figure's really cool. Anyway, not important. Uh, but it looks cool. Uh, it's Hasbro. Those figures, like, the six-inch line of figures they do, all of them are solid from Lightning Collection to Marvel Legends to the Classified to... Um, there's another one, but I can't think of what it is. But Hasbro's six-inch figures are... Black Star Wars Black Series. Thank you, that's what it was. Yeah, see, I got out of that line. Because yep. Hasbro are dicks, and they're really good at taking my money. Uh, so I just do Star, or I just do uh, Marvel and Power Rangers now. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, that figure looks really cool. I I will not get it um, unless I find it at a toy store for a not bad price, and I have a little extra money, and I'm like, I need more Sergeant Slaughter in my life. Uh, are you <laughs> getting it? No. All right. So speak. I don't because I don't have a the, the I I also am not a big GI Joe person. It I I'm not that old um, in the sense that it's if you like GI Joe, you're not old. That's not what I'm saying. But I did. I missed it. Like my, you are older cartoons, than us. I'm T. I'm I'm older than you are. But like I'm Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Like and I love that 80s Ninja Turtles uh, cartoon. But that was my like 80s cartoon. That and Transformers. And for whatever reason, I just like G.I. Joe never really clicked with me. Yeah. Um. That said, I could name every 
G.I. Joe character out of the community episode where Jeff uh, <laughs> tried to take the de-aging pills and then ended up trapped in the cartoon. Yeah, that was and a fourth great wall episode. had to break him out through the toy commercial. That was awesome. <laughs> um, Dalton, weekly pickups. What'd you get? Uh, so it was an AEW and WWE week because our Walmart sucks. Um, I did get half of uh, AEW Wave 9, or Unmatched, Unrivaled uh, Series 9. I got uh, Christian Cage, really cool figure. Um, Powerhouse Hobbs, uh, that's the front runner of my figure for the year right now, honestly. And um, Brian Cage. Uh, I bought I buy most of my AEW figures for, uh, damage package because I don't pre-order things. I wait for the first wave to get sent out, and then I check ringside like a crack fiend until I see damage package and I buy everything. Um, I almost had Ricky Starks, but right when I put it in my cart, it said it was sold out. Uh, that broke my heart a little bit. Um, but I'm waiting to get Ricky Starks, Thunder Rosa, and Eddie Kingston, which I should be getting Kingston in July. Thanks, Asa. Because you got your second chase figure this weekend. Um, Nyla Rose, which is a super dope one. Yeah. Um, you, uh, you found it at GameStop and... I was like super excited because like, oh, you know, that that'd be neat. I know you already have one. You don't need it. You should totally pick that up for me because I want it. And then you were just like, no, I'm going to try to trade it. It didn't work. I was trying to get the Moxley bikers figure so bad anyway. But you traded me because you're a good brother. Um, I know. Hang on. Pause. I knew it. I said it as a joke. I can't remember who I said it to, but I said that I was like, no, the only reason Dalton ended up giving it to me and letting or letting me buy it off of him for the price of a different figure is because he knew that that trade was never going to happen. Yeah, it was real. So actually, like a couple days after I gave you the so figure. So to hear it out loud. Yeah. Like, makes me feel a little bit. I think I told Audra. I think I uh, was like, yeah, no, the only reason he's, he gave he did it to me. He gave it to me was because he knew this was never going to happen. Yeah. So like literally a couple days after I traded it, this is this playing with ourselves is going along um, was because like or somebody <laughs> had two Moxley's back to back. And I was like motherfucker because i could have been like do you have nyla because it's a straight up trade at that point but um yeah no so i got um those and i actually picked up the um brody league negative one two pack um because it was damaged package i was able to get it the day that i did my brody lee is a little messed up and i'm kind of bummed out about that uh like, it's kind of bow-legged, but I might just end up selling it because I already have a Brody Lee, and I don't like the jacket that that one came with. I basically spent 50 okay. bucks for negative one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not going to get rid of the papers that came with the unmatched Brody Lee, because that's legitimately one of my favorite things ever in wrestling are the papers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I bought a two-pack of figures, but I'm going to hold off till next week because that's going to tie into a uh, a new thing with playing with ourselves that I'm going to talk about next week cuz I'll I should have in 2 weeks in 2 we weeks aren't doing a show next week that's right but I should have them done by then especially if I have 2 weeks to get it done um so I'm super excited to talk about that um oh I know what this is okay yeah, yeah. that'll be fun um and then on the WWE side of things I've got everything I needed from Elite 89 um which is 2 waves ago but it finally fucking hit Cape Girardeau um, I was able to pick up Sergeant Slaughter as the, uh, was it Irani or Iraqi sympathizer? Iraqi. Iraqi sympathizer. Um, yeah, I definitely would. Uh, I would bump for Sue Asa. I, I, anyway. I, I'm, I'm breaking because he's talking about the papers and I'm just cackling. You bump for uh, Sue. 
You bump for Sue. Uh, God, he was, uh, he's such a treasure. I'm going to cry now. Cause I know whenever we get done, I'm going to watch the Brody Lee funny moments from BTE. Uh, mm-hmm. but anyway, because he, he fucking breaks whenever she just whiffs the papers down. Anyway, I got Sergeant mm-hmm. Slaughter, um, because I got the Colonel Mustafa from that wave. Uh, whenever he was Iron Sheik, did the same thing with them. Hopefully they make a general Adnan, because I don't give a fuck about that team, but, like, you've given me two out of three. Just give me the third one. Um, I got Damian Priest from the WrestleMania that he did with Bad Bunny. That's a really, like, gorgeous figure. I got Bobby Lashley in long tights, uh, because I didn't have that, because they finally made it. And then, uh, what was the third one? What was the third one? What was it? Oh, and then the guy that would definitely lose to Tony D'Angelo in 1994, I got the fucking goon, Asa. A WWE figure right now figure of the year uh the goon is <laughs> because they did such a good job making it there's one really weird part choice they decided to make but I get why because you don't see it but the jersey doesn't have velcro it's like a full wraparound shirt um that you can remove it's not that hard they made like the hockey gloves are a unique mold that'll only ever come with that figure and they're go- like they did a good job sculpting them the paint's good the ice skate shoes are really well done and the hockey stick is actually really dope. Like, they did a good job making this stupid fucking figure. We did not, in the year of our lord, 2022, need a goddamn goon figure. But I'm so happy we did, especially with the new generation ring coming out in a couple months. Like, that was a nice addition. I'm happy I got my hands on it. Um, and it's, like, legitimately one of my favorite figures AD- or WWE has done. I guess Elite 89 was technically the end of last year, but I got it this year. So, And I had to wait a real long time for that to pop up in this area so uh super cool there um and then uh i did add something to playing with ourselves because we talked about dark side of the right ring and it made me think of uh rick flair uh myers and cardona started making bendies again which like uh one second uh bendies are uh i have one here but i can't find it that's fine but it's a little figure it's about yay big i have one of x-pac that's why i have one but uh, Just Toys made them in, like, in between the Mattel... Or not Mattel. Yeah, go ahead. Time out. Because, again, this is an audio podcast. You said, yay big. It's in the scale of, like, the old school, like, Hasbro. Uh, uh, toys, smaller. Smaller. There's, oh, it's even smaller? They're okay. smaller. Like, they're about the same size as a micro brawler. Um, okay. But they're, like, they're, more, they're proportioned figures. Like, they're made... Uh, kind of. But they're made to actually look like a person, not like a cartoon of a person. And there's no articulation. It's a rubber toy. Like, if you pull up WWF Bendems, you'll see what I'm talking about. So, Myers and Cardona did what they always do, which they find this old figure line, and then they make people want them because their fans are insane. So, they are now making major Bendems, which are in the scale of Bendems, but they're doing, like, themselves. They did Jeff Jarrett and Conrad Thompson for Our World. They made a Danhausen. Um, like Nick Gage, I believe is getting one. Um, but Jesus Christ, that is a toothy motherfucker. Austin theory. Sorry. Um, but at the, at the twitter.com slash the five star man. And, uh, you'll understand this. I'm going to post this up before I post the episode. Yeah. So, um, anyway, whenever they started making these major bendums, they're like, I think they're selling them for like between 35 and 50 bucks a piece. Or if you buy the whole set, like it's, it's still expensive. I'm not going to pay the money for them. I think they're overpriced for what they are. Cause like you can't do anything with them. Like they only mm-hmm. look good in the packaging. Well, Ric Flair's last match is coming up. So the major guys got 
in on the fucking ground floor and got a Ric Flair bendum, which I don't think Ric Flair Ric Flair never got a bendum figure in his time in WWF because they were he he got a Hasbro, but he didn't get a bendum. He was already in WCW. But they're making a Ric Flair bendum in the robe that he's gonna wear for his last match. Um, it Ooh. is a Jim Crockett. Pr- no, don't even try to sound like this is cool because I'm about to ruin it for you. It is okay. the it's, <laughs> it's it's the only Jim Crockett promotions because Jim Crockett promotions is the one putting on this match. This is the only Jim Crockett Promotions figure ever produced. That'll probably ever be produced. It is up on this website right now. And it's the only place that you can buy it. There's a thousand of them made. Ric Flair signed 750 of them, um, which is real weird. But he has already, like, uh, like... That means that the rarer one is, is the one, one he, he didn't, didn't sign. sign. Yeah, it's real weird. Again, like I said, I like the Jim Crockett Promotions only figure, like licensed figure sounds cool until I ruin it for you. That's weird. Mm. Um, Asa, how much do you think this is worth? Uh, well, what I think it's worth and what people are paying for. How much do you think that wildly different? No, no, no. Okay. I'm... Let me, let me re-ask the question. How much do you think that the retail site that you can buy it off of is selling it for? The retail site. Okay. So there's only a thousand of them. Yep. I'm assuming that, that you, whether you get a signed or an unsigned one is random. Yes. Like you pay, it's just one price. And then whichever one you get is the one you get. Um, I am legit. Okay. So knowing the collector market, I'm going to say they are charging $150, $200. Oh, I almost said that. I almost said, I'm okay. Well. For a figure that is a, the size of a micro brawler, it doesn't even look that good. Cause apparently he's going to be wearing a white robe. So it's just like a white figure with a little bit of skin tone right here and his hair up top, which I believe is the same color as the robe. And it looks horrible. And they're charging two hundred fucking dollars for it, and it's so stupid. I don't think we talked about it when they initially. They, I may have mentioned it on playing with ourselves when they announced it, thinking that it was gonna be like I was cool with like eighty bucks or something like that, not two hundred. Like, and this is the first time that like even the people that are doing like the fans of the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast are like, oh, that's that's a rough one. Also, if you're a fan of uh, Cardona and Myers, um, like they are doing those uh Remco style figures the exclusive ones are dropping uh this week of like them in their WrestleMania gear where they won the titles mm-hmm. um and then the Chicago Bulls jersey major jerseys they're doing like so there's some cool shit coming out there um they're super limited I might try to get the Bulls one since I was at the Chicago show um but uh, that's what it is that's cool and then to kind of wrap up playing with ourselves uh the stand back DLC dropped uh, two days ago with A Kid, Wesley, Hurricane, and Stacy Keebler. Yeah, it's the four because Nash Carter got released, right. um, and then they gave us the My Faction cards to make up for it. Real, real quick, just a clarification: Nash Carter got released from WWE. The deal, his character in the DLC wasn't like released to the public. Oh yeah. Yeah. So no, he, he got, he cut. was removed. He from, got cut, he, from, it got the game. cut yeah. from the DLC pack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the four characters play fine. I played a match with all of them. They're, they're cool. Um, Asa, the, my faction cards, um, are bullshit. The Booker T does not level up to anything near viable in the, my faction, like late game that I'm currently in. So that card is useless. And the set, like, even when you evolve the card, still is worse than cards that I am currently getting in base shit. Yes. Okay, so just real quick. So I knew you could get the cards, and I knew they leveled up. There's a cap 
to how far you can level up certain cards or are they like graded? Yeah. So like, oh, no, no, no. So a- it's it's like bronze, silver, gold, um, emerald, ruby, uh, sapphire, amethyst, diamond. I haven't okay, so I have not gotten a diamond card yet. But a diamond card, so like it, it changes stats. I don't wanna, it changes. I don't want to turn. Yeah, I I figured that. I don't want to turn this into a whole thing. But so like, so like the Alexa Bliss card you were talking about. Yes. Is is there a bronze Alexa Bliss and a gold and a silver? Like, is there one of each rarity? Hypothetically. No. Okay. Because only some cards are Evo cards. So like the Seth Rollins card is a it's the blue one. So that's sapphire, I think. It's an overall 81 Sapphire card that you cannot evolve. But it is in a gear that... And this is funny. It's a gear that you can't get in the normal game. um, In the base game. So they at least kind of gave us that. But that card is unusable to me. Because I have Seth Rollins cards that I have won that are already better than that. So I would... Is that, ne- the, is that the other card that came with it? Yeah. So the, like, There's the Booker T and the Seth Rollins? Yeah. So they didn't even make the My Faction cards worth our while. If you're brand new to it... And you're like, oh, I'll start my faction since they're giving us this card. You will have a very good Seth Rollins to start. But you will quickly get out of using it because there are cards in other DLC packs like the Undertaker and NWO that are far and away better. So, yeah, it's real dumb. Um, But that being said, base game stuff... uh, It's it's cool. Hurricane looks super... Like, all the models look great. Um, I'm really bummed out about the whole Nash Carter situation because I could tell with the shit they did with Wesley that they gave him a lot of unique moves that like mm. the MSK shit was going to be bonkers. Uh, so that's like a bummer. Again, I don't blame him. Uh, you can buy the Nash Carter elite though right now on ringside uh, collectibles. Cause they still made the figure. Uh, they still got fiend figures coming out. I mean, they're yes, yeah. but, um, but yeah, no, it, but it's cool. It was a DLC pack. It was a little lackluster because they were uh, cut somebody from the game, which I get. Um, we're getting um, more people coming down the pike uh, with uh, the Clowning Around DLC. That one's going to focus around Doink. And then the uh, Whole Damn Show DLC, which is going to focus around uh, RVD. We should be done with all of the DLC being released in like four weeks, I think. I think we're done getting DLC in four weeks. I could be wrong, but I think that works. that's right. Um, I gotcha. Yeah. Uh, I'm still enjoying 2K, by the way. I'm still playing it fairly regularly. I'm logging into my faction every day to get the rewards because I do. I want to get a diamond card real bad. I just want to say that I did it. Uh, but I've done so much grinding in this game to get there. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I, I still want to. Like, I still haven't played it. I still need to play it. Um, it was on sale like a week ago, maybe two weeks ago. I, but it was like, but it was only like five or ten dollars off. So it's like, eh, maybe not. Yeah. But I might still pick it up who knows um well that is gonna do it for the week uh like i said next week we are likely not gonna do anything i may post like a solo thing depend i don't know maybe off of dynamite who knows we may just do it on a different day than we normally do just if you're subscribed one thank you to uh just kind of pay attention to the feed and it something might happen otherwise we will see you in two weeks with the newest episode um 
Again, if you aren't subscribed and you're still listening to this, uh, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Uh, leave us a review on whatever podcasting service you use because that helps with the algorithm as well. And then you can follow the show on Twitter uh, at Nerdiest Part. You can follow me on Twitter for that little nightmare images I'm going to throw up here in a minute. Uh, I'm at the five star man with the number five. My voice just went out. And then you can follow Dalton on Twitter, Mr. D. Anthony N P O T R. Um, but until then, uh, thank you all so much for joining us each and every week. It truly does mean the world to us that anybody would listen to these insane ramblings. Like I'm thinking back of some of the things that were said on this show and it's like, people listen to this and that's weird to me, Yeah. but boy, do I love you for it. Um, but thank you guys so much. We appreciate you. We will talk to you very, very soon. Um, but until next time, take care of yourselves, take care of each other. And as always watch more wrestling. Watch Julius Creed, the Creed Brothers, and Pretty Deadly from NXT in your house. Watch that for sure. Okay, bye.